0: So you think you want to be a thought leader. Everybody's doing it. Can't be that hard, right? Well, maybe it's not. We're going to talk to Liz Marshall about the 10 steps that you need to take to build a platform to become a thought leader. Check it out. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing podcast is brought to you by Active Campaign. This is really my new go-to CRM, ESP, marketing automation, really low cost, any size business can get into it uh, starting at like 19 bucks a month. You can keep track of your clients, you can see who is visiting your website, you can follow up based on behavior. Check out Active Campaign. There'll be a link in the show notes, but it's ducttape.me Slash DTM active. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Elizabeth Marshall. She is a consultant to the stars. That's what I like to call her. She has helped influential thought leaders <laughs> including Seth Godin, Michael Port, and former Starbucks president Howard Behar. She's also a co-author of The Contrarian Effect, Why It Pays Big to Take Typical Sales Advice and Do the Opposite, and we are going to talk about becoming a thought leader today. So, Elizabeth, thanks for joining.
1: Absolutely. Happy to be here.
0: Um, everybody's doing it. Uh can't really be that hard. People call me a thought leader sometimes. <laughs> so how can we do an entire show on this?
1: Yes, yeah, a lot to, to cover in 20 minutes, but... Um you know what's interesting, right there's there's all kinds of reasons that you know entrepreneurs and executives alike consider thought leadership, that can help you um, get more clients. It can help you get speaking gigs, it can help you land a book deal. and all of those reasons are fine and good but it really starts with the motivation you know do you are you being called to be a recognized leader in your industry and have staying power or is it more about you know adding bestseller to your bio you know just for the credibility factor
0: well but if 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 I want to take this path um, whether anybody thinks I'm a thought leader today or not, I look at this and go, gosh, the thought leaders get paid more. They get hired more. You know, They get preference. So maybe that's a good strategy for me to take. I mean, is there, again, it's, I'm, I'm not suggesting you just poof, I'm a thought leader, but is there, is there a path that somebody who says, I'm going to take that, I, I want that to be part of my brand. Is there a path uh, that, that they can start to go down?
1: Absolutely, and I would say you know there's two things there. The fact that you use the word path, you know, the thought leaders, and I'm going to you, you're a great example of this, Michael, and some of the others that you mentioned. Um, it is very much a path and a commitment to making a long-term impact. So that's the that's the first thing. The second thing is that yes, in fact. Um, There is, and you can think about this as a framework instead of a formula because the world of thought leadership is dynamic and ever-changing. So when you, um, to borrow a song lyric, when you um, hold on loosely but don't let go and you you have this dynamism to your strategy, um, it's going to be much easier to navigate some of the uncertainty and the changes that come across publishing speaking and media as well as the industry that you might be speaking in and around um, But to answer your question explicitly there are ten elements of a thought leader platform that you want to be thinking about at any given time and i'm just gonna name them um, so that you have these in your mind the first one is message second one is audience third website fourth content strategy five social media six publishing seven, speaking, eight, traditional media, strategic relationships, nine, and business model, rounding out the end at ten.
0: Okay, so we're done. Um, Yes, exactly. (laughs) So so actually, I'm going to unpack each of those with you, and so we'll spend a little time on, hopefully we'll get through most of them, we'll go pretty quickly, but um, you have a great graphic on your website, and we may publish that in the show notes, if that's okay with you. Absolutely, perfect. And obviously, we'll link back to it, but I think it really helps bring home the sort of the interconnectedness of these and, and the fact that it's, you know, it is a big process and not just a tactic or, or even a strategy. Uh, I want to start with the first one, obviously, core message. And and I would, you know, I would go a little deeper. There's a lot of people have a great core message, but it's kind of a, so what? Uh, core message, like, what, we think this sounds good. Um, I, uh, my, I heard my... Um, agent a literary agent one time somebody asked him you know what's what's the one thing i need you know in order to be a best-selling author and he said well you need you need to have something worth saying (laughs) um and i (laughs) think and i think that that you know i think that that is really the key the people that i see that really get seen as thought leaders not just have something to say but they have a unique point of view that in some in some cases is sort of contrary to what the general uh, path is
1: absolutely uh, you know my, um, my viewpoint around message is that it's you know this core message that you know other people may be many other people may be speaking about, but there's something that you' that you can add to the conversation that shifts the dialogue and the conversation in your industry, whether that be you know leadership marketing and sales communication it doesn't matter which industry you're in, but you have something meaningful to say you know what's, you know, the collective conversation that's come before and, you know, between that and, you know, the, the current state of our markets and industry, what's happening right now that makes your message really resonant and powerful and um, worth hearing and worth spending our time. There's a lot of messages that look great on paper and could be good for, you know, lead gen. They're great topic for an article or a podcast, but they're not necessarily meant to be a book or meant to be the core message that you're going to be known for into perpetuity.
0: So the the simple idea of duct tape marketing... That I have home hammered home six billion times now, and and, that, and my point of bringing this up is, it doesn't have to be something earth-shattering. It just has to be something that somebody is missing. I think, um, and I have said a billion times, marketing is a system, and that's what I hang everything that I've done on. And and that to me is an example of a unique you know point of view uh, that 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 resonates, and and that kind of leads straight to the second part. You know, a lot of people talk about how do I build an audience? How do I get all these followers? How do I get all these fans? And and I think that um, a, a great deal of it is linked to that core message. It's you you get a lot of fans because you're saying something that resonates.
1: Absolutely, and there and you know, you mentioned Michael in my bio. You and Michael are a great example of two thought leaders that have similar messages for small business owners. You have tape Marketing and, you know, the, the books and thought leadership that have come from that. He has Book Yourself Solid. And yet, for all of us who have something meaningful to say and to contribute to our audience, there's enough to go around. And, you know, the work that I do with my clients is not the same that another strategist would do in this thought leadership space. So, you know, really, instead of... Um, Backing away from the level of depth and specificity that's required to attract your audience in a powerful way to go even deeper. Um, I was I was speaking with a potential client the other day who's actually pretty experienced um, speaker, and you know the missing link for him is that he's got some specificity about his message and audience, but not enough to go to that next level, that ten to fifteen thousand dollar keynote level, and. So by digging deep and saying, you know, what is my audience thinking at 3 o'clock on a Wednesday? Where, you know, what are their mindsets? What are the trigger events that would cause them to hire me? Go get really specific about who they are and why this message is meant for them. that will go a long way to helping you um, attract the people you're meant to serve.
0: So one note we need to make at this point is that Book Yourself Solid is mostly derivative of duct tape marketing. So. <laughs> That's,
1: right. That's right. Michael came second. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well we, we won't have to because I'm going to share this with him. That's uh, right, perfect. All right. So I'm going to go through the list and maybe we'll have to speed up a little bit here or we'll run out of time. But um, uh, website.
1: Yeah, so you know, so I think and you know, when it comes to website um, you know you can have this beautiful you know beautiful design and graphics, but it's all about you know is it creating deep positioning you as a change maker and deepening your relationship with your audience and and sure, you're gonna have things like you know lead generators, you know call to actions, ebooks special reports blah 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 but it's about the um, is it positioning you properly and is it allowing you to actually develop a relationship you know you um talked recently on the blog about community and the importance of actually having conversations and so does the website um, spark conversations with real human beings as opposed to just adding numbers to your list
0: yeah and I think all great websites regardless of what they're for uh, today are really good at moving people along a journey because um, mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. they find your site because somebody told them it was great and so they go there and then what and and so how do you build that no like trust try by you know that that kind of journey and and uh i'm not saying there's a simple way to do it but i think the ones that are truly effective today do that so let's lump content and and social media sorted together
1: it sounds sounds great because yes they're one they um go hand in glove for sure um You know, so there's um, content strategy is a favorite topic of yours, I know. Um, And it's an important one because, you know, how do you build, to borrow a phrase from, from our friend Michael, you know, how do you build that trust and credibility over time? It's, you know, looking at the aspects of your message that you can share in snackable formats but that is meaningful, that, you know, moves the dialogue along whether the goal is to, you know, Attract more clients, whether it's to attract more speaking engagements or you know whatever your strategic goals and your business model looks like. Being consistent, but also being meaningful. You know, there um, we're certainly in an age where there's um, where there's no shortage of content, and so you know being consistent without having something valuable to say there just means that you're creating noise and a lot of posts on your Facebook business page that no one's looking at. And so um finding a way to, you know, be relevant to tie, you know, current events into the key questions that your audience is thinking about or tie particular pieces of your, you know, focusing on one very relevant aspect of of your message and, you know, tying it to um, a recent development or breaking news item like Jay Bear just did with United Today. So, um, But the consistency is important, but it's all about you know, finding um, the right um, channels and the, the right pacing for you. So one of the things that I like to say is what works for Seth doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Seth is a prolific writer, Seth Godin that is. Um, he's a brilliant writer, he's prolific, he writes a blog post every day, that consistency and that particular channel is not going to be right for a lot of thought leaders. Maybe it's um, you know, publishing a weekly video or maybe it's just podcasting, finding that mix of channels and the right frequency where your gift skills and talents can shine and you can be in your own element versus following somebody else's content strategy.
0: So. Let's jump to publishing, and of course, a lot for a lot of people. I mean, I get a lot of CEOs and and folks that that want to be seen as thought leaders, and they that maybe they follow a few of these first steps, but they all know they need a book. Um, and it, it is I don't know how to ask this question, but is a book still a valuable tool?
1: You know, it <laughs> it depends. It is you know if you. Um, write a book just for the sake of having one, and here's um, here's where this diagram gets really interesting. So, um, if you're looking at the show notes, you may see this, but imagine this circular diagram with all these elements around the outside of the circle, and it's all it's about the relationship and the interconnectedness of these elements. So, you know, if you write a book that's not tied to your audience, um, then you're going to have a problem. Or if you write a book that is um, for your audience, but not really tied into your business model and the type of business that you're growing, then the book is not going to be successful for you and and a lot of what, you know as it relates to speaking, a lot of organizations um take for granted that that many thought leaders have speakers, so it's not enough just to have on your you know byline ooh he's the author of X y z book so you know in looking at your audience message and business model together, you can say you know you know why now? What is happening in my industry that makes this book idea really resonant? Why me? What is it about my background, my expertise and experience that make me uniquely qualified to share this message? And then why this book? I could write on, you know, a hundred different topics, but why is this particular concept relevant and useful um, both to my immediate audience as well as the wider audience of, say, industry organizations, conferences and associations that might hire you to speak. When you ask those strategic questions, number one, the book is, has a much better chance of succeeding. Um, and then, two, if you look at your publishing pathway and whether you know it's traditional publishing or self-publishing, really being intentional about that is also important and will ultimately make a difference in terms of whether you, your book will be successful or not.
0: Well, and let's define successful in that, because one of the things I do, you know, I have a lot of uh, folks that they're they're not trying to be keynote speakers at, you know, big conferences. They just would like a little leg up in, in their industry in their town. And I think that sometimes we get a little caught up in that kind of national platform idea. But what if I'm a, a salesperson that sells, you know, some sort of managed engineering services or something? And, and, and if I wrote a book, all of a sudden, you know, in my little pond, you know, I'm considered uh, a thought leader because the only people that I need for me to consider to, to consider me a thought leader are the people that are talking to other salespeople. So, would you say that even if that salesperson didn't have something earth shatteringly new to say, uh, but you know, had that tool that that does offer some credibility, that that would be worth doing?
1: It is, especially if they're passionate about it. You know, I think just like. Um, you know, we overblow the national platform. We also look at books like the, you know, Tim Ferriss' The 4-Hour Week or any of Seth Godin's books, for example, and say, oh my gosh, I have to have this big idea book when in right. fact those are really challenging to write in and there's just, those are more unicorns than the norm. You know, when you have a book that's useful and practical and it's something that you care about and then it's a message that you're committed to sharing um, you know not just for the few weeks after the launch, but for one, two, three, four years and beyond, after you publish it that's a really good sign that you're on to something and if it's integrated with your business model, you'll be able to talk about that book you know in potential client conversations with the local chamber, with your industry groups in your local and regional community, and focusing on being that category leader. who cares if you know you're on um, yeah, the national media um, platforms like the Today Show, you know, there's that sex appeal around that, but it doesn't really matter if you're in a B2B space, you know, trying to reach um, a particular industry set.
0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Thrive Leads. This is a tool that we use on the Duct Tape Marketing website uh, thoroughly for content upgrades, for slide in boxes actually we even use the visual editor for all the pages and landing pages that we design so go check it out at uh, duct we'll have a special link uh, in the show notes for today and uh, check it out so i want to uh, you mentioned business model and, and to me that's kind of like the glue that brings all the money together it, <laughs> but, it is, but, it is. Uh, but talk to me Pre- first. <laughs> for, 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 talk to me first about the um the strategic relationship
1: Yeah, so strategic relationships, they're different than your audience. So your audience think one to many. These are you know, these are the potential clients and fans that are subscribing to your newsletter, to your podcast, to your content channels. Strategic relationships are those one to one relationships that you're developing um with fellow authors and speakers that serve a similar audience with industry groups and associations with conferences, with your local chamber, for example, um, with other, you know, executives and leaders in um, the particular um, part of the thought leadership world you focus on and inhabit. And by it really all starts with relationships and your business model. But with relationships, when you are cultivating those connections with, An industry group, or a conference, or a local organization that serves your audience—it's a—it's a a leveraged opportunity because you—you know—if you're able to go in and speak, or you're able to write a guest article, or be interviewed for their podcast, you're reaching your audience. You're a target uh, targeted audience of a much larger size than you may currently have um, as a subscriber base. So, one of my clients. Um, by building a relationship with two particular organizations, um, collectively has reached like over a million people just through those two organizations. And that's far larger than her newsletter list. And, of course, her newsletter list has grown as a result. But by building those relationships, it's resulted in not just guest articles and podcasts, but you know, keynotes and other pretty significant opportunities for her, not to mention clients.
0: Yeah, and and, and I think that that really helps bring home the interconnectedness of this because I know that early on in my career, I'd built a couple strategic relationships with people who loved my content and they... They wanted to share my content with their very large audiences and and certainly that built my audience, it built credibility, it built my social media platforms you know it led to some publishing and spe- in fact they hired me to speak at conferences and so I mean all those things by by really developing those strategic relationships, it really helped all those other elements
1: absolutely right, absolutely, and you know when I'm talking to clients you know tying this back to publishing. When you think about strategies, strategies are just concepts, but they 're animated by people and When you think about who you know, whether it 's you know wanting to generate more referrals, wanting to generate different types of content, more speaking, more media, it all comes down to the people you know and and making the most of those opportunities so the one organi- one of the organizations that I was referencing with my client, it started with a book club when her book first launched four years ago and there was fifty people on the call. If she had said, Oh my gosh, well this is a lame opportunity and she but she made the most of it and that led to another opportunity to three and four and now she's spoken for them globally at their conferences six times and mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. if she wasn't committed to something more than the transaction and also making the most of every opportunity in front of you
0: so on to the business model we both know i suspect people that have built large audiences that put out a lot of content have huge social media followings. Maybe they've written a book or two even and do some speaking, but they are not able to figure out how to make money by being considered a thought leader. How, how does, you know, where does the business model fit? How do you think about it? How do you, how do you become one of those? Cause we also know people that are doing very similar things that are making lots of money.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it, and this ties back with your message. You know, if you think about what you stand for and the value you offer your audience, then it's about how are you delivering that value beyond sharing your content? Are you working with them? You know, do you have a one-to-one coaching or consulting practice? Do you offer workshops? Do you offer virtual group programs? Do you have a certification program? What, what is the monetized aspect of you sharing that message and it 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 affects everything because like let's say you know on the publishing side of things traditional publishers when you come to them with an idea and a message they want to know that you've tested it with your clients and with your your audience it's one thing to write about your message in theory but it's another thing altogether to say I know this message works so Joey Coleman is popping to mind mm-hmm. um, his concept around the first hundred days and his book is in process now it's going to be a huge success but it's because he's worked with hundreds of companies and lots and lots of clients to make sure this message actually works and delivers um, results to his client his consulting clients and the companies he works with so um, so that's one aspect. Using the business model to make sure your message holds weight, and then the other thing too is to say, okay, what are my goals? If my, you know, if I'm serving a B2B audience, and you know, I have a strategy practice, or maybe, um, you know, I'm just doing consulting, then you don't, you know, some of the internet marketing models are not going to make sense for you. You're not going to build a list of two hundred thousand people, and that's okay. It, that's not necessary. To be that recognized leader in your particular industry,
0: but I think that I, I think it does involve some 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 forethought. Um, I, and, and I think that's no a mistake doubt. a lot of people make is that that they're they're taking the next step instead of planning the next five. Um, I, you know, I wrote or co-wrote uh, my last book with an SEO um, person called SEO for Growth, and we, you know, in a, we wrote the book. Um, obviously to you know to, to have that thought leadership in that space but that was just the beginning we also created a certification and now we're actually selling um, we're calling them sitelets, uh that are allowing people to rank for st Louis dot SEO for growth I mean so that book was in a lot of ways just the the starting point of an entire model uh, that is you know going in 10 or 12 directions
1: exactly and you know I like to say that books. I mean, every author wants to sell books, so book sales are a given. But yeah, by thinking really strategically about you know, what will, what can this book do for me in terms of, you know, whether it be right creating things like a certification program, building your speaking platform, um, building out your workshop presence. You know, when you think very um, intentionally through how all the pieces fit together. Then you can make much um, better informed decisions. And I will say that you know wh- what inspired me to create this model was that I saw so many um, not just aspiring at thought leaders, but established thought leaders who were coming back to say mm-hmm. publishing and speaking after being out of it for a while, and it you know wasting lots of time, energy, and money because the. The space that we live in, the thought leadership space, can be very confusing. Things are, there's a lot of shiny objects. Things are changing on a regular basis, and it's about understanding your stage as a thought leader, and then secondly, finding your unique path. And so you may have these elements at play at any given time, but the, in, the mix of ingredients is going to look very different, for me versus you versus, you know, Joe next door. And so understanding that um, you can learn a lot from watching your favorite recognized leaders, but that the goal is not to copy them, but to find the unique expression of your strategies for these various elements of the platform and finding the mix that works for you.
0: And I think the whole thing comes down to your individual goals and objectives too. And I think that's that's where a lot of people (laughs) get tripped up. It's like, Oh, I need to have all these followers, blah, blah, blah. But then you look at it and you go, but that's not going to serve my goals, (laughs) you know, or that's not going to get me where I'm trying to go. And I think that, I think if you start there, you might make better decisions no question so I know um, that you actually help people in this process and that's what we've been talking about the the kind of the 10 graphic uh, the the wheel the ten items on that wheel uh, but you also uh, can help somebody just by giving them a baseline evaluation you want to tell us how we can do that
1: absolutely so um, when I work with clients around the thought leader platform diagnostic the goal is to identify your current stage as a thought leader, and that's critically important because when you know you, your stage, A, you know where you're starting, and then we know exactly where you're heading. You know, So if you don't know you're in Chicago and you, you should be heading to New York, then if you're driving to California, then that's a problem. So by understanding your current stage, then we can say, okay, based on that stage and your unique goals these are the three to four priority areas for you to focus on right now. So, um, you know, we have limited time, money, and energy, and a lot of thought leaders get trapped up because they try to do, they either have holes in their platform or they try to focus on everything at once. So the idea of this diagnostic, it's like giving you a compass to say, okay, I know exactly where I'm starting. I know where I'm heading. It's not a formula, but I know this is the right path for me, and this is where I need to invest my time to actually go to the next level instead of just being really busy with activity and not seeing results from it.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure you see people all the time that come to you and say, okay, I wrote a book, now what? You know, And, of course, now what should have been asked a year and a half ago. <laughs> before, right,
1: before the <laughs> there was one word written on the page. Right. And that's heartbreaking for me when I have those questions because um, – yeah, in many cases, there's not a lot we can um, shift to undo a book that doesn't fit your business model. So um, the diagnostic helps you know what to do, what to stop doing, what to wait. You know, there's sometimes strategies are great but not right now or not at all for you. And I um, take a special delight in helping people save time and money that is not necessary for them. Um, and just recouping the savings or either reallocating it into areas that need more attention so they can both see um, some immediate results, but more importantly, that they can rest easy knowing they're heading in the right direction instead of working really hard only to find out they've been spinning their wheels.
0: So I don't think you mentioned it, but uh, tell us where people can find out all about this diagnostic and possibly working with you. And we'll have it in the show notes too.
1: Great. So um, they can go to elizabethmarshall.me. And from the work with me menu, it's um, the drop down. It's a platform diagnostic. Awesome.
0: Elizabeth, always great to catch up with you. And uh, hopefully uh, we will see you soon out there on the road.
1: Yes, absolutely. Always a pleasure, John. Thank you.